Welcome to the Straight Out of Home Video Podcast, part of the Geeky Waffle Network. Today we're talking about Phineas and Ferb, the movie, Candace Against the Universe, and I happen to be Candace. Wow, the segues <laughs> here. And you know what? I actually have a Vanessa with me too. Hello. And sadly, there is no Arzu. I am Dr. Doofenshmirtz. It's good to be here. <laughs> So you're my so you're my father. Oh, <laughs> I have a Perry the platypus. I guess that makes it work. Also, they mention waffles. Like you very much do. Yeah, Candace sees a giant spaceship and she thinks Phineas and Ferb created it. So she's like, "Oh, for all I know, they're just making big waffles with it or something like that." I was like, "Shout out! The shoutouts are abundant." This is our movie. I also love that that's the story she sticks with. She's like, "Oh, it could be this. It could be this," and then she's like, "Wait." waffles in here like she was really hoping for some giant waffles who doesn't like waffles exactly okay so anyway so this is a 2020 oh, i hate that year <laughs> we're all do you can barely say it i know <laughs> i was like oh. this is an animated musical adventure science fiction comedy film produced by the disney television animation it's only the second film that DTA has produced that hasn't been for television. The other one was Teacher's Pet, which actually went to theaters. I don't think it did well, so that's why a lot of these don't go to theaters anymore. And also, this was made during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So, while developing Disney+, Plus, Disney approached creators of Phineas and Ferb, Stan Povenmire, and Jeff Swampy Marsh, for a new Phineas and Ferb movie. This is actually the second movie. Overall feelings. I love Phineas and Ferb. They can do no wrong in my eyes. So I loved this movie too. I, Yeah, I genuinely, it felt like a very long episode of the show. Yeah. Which I think is what you want for like the animated movie spinoffs that come from TV shows. So I was very happy with it. Agree. I, I enjoyed Are it. Are you familiar I, with Oh yeah, no, I agree. I enjoyed it. I I've really only watched Phineas and Ferb a few times, but I've liked it every single time that, that I've watched it. I'm sensing that there were maybe one or two things that I wasn't picking up on, maybe just because I haven't seen as much of the show, but I still enjoyed it, which is also a good sign. Yeah. No, Phineas and Ferb was one of the shows I watched like after my grandmother died. Because I just like had to have something on all the time because it was really sad. And I was going through a really dark time and it was just like I watched kids stuff because I could not handle any adult things and it's like a warm hug it really it's, is it's so cute it's so smart too it's so absurd I it love these genuinely shows. funny it yes, is it's genuinely, genuinely funny. funny there's definitely times where I actually laughed out loud and I was like oh wow that just popped out yeah that's the thing is I love these shows that don't talk down to kids they talk mm -hmm. up to them or they talk to their level and they even have these jokes for the adults. And yeah, I was watching this, the show originally as an adult, like I think it came out in 2008 even. I can't believe it was that long ago. It's 2010, no? 2008, it was like the first thing came out in 2008. Oh, okay. Either way, we were adults. We were <laughs> not the target demographic for Phineas no. and Ferb when it came out. No, we were teenager early 20s kind of things but yeah it's just all the characters are so rich too so phineas and ferb are stepbrothers if you don't know but they say they're brothers which i love and candace is like these are my brothers even though she's only related to phineas phineas, phineas yes and 
they are trying to make the most of their summer. Actually, I think the whole series takes place in one summer. They do all these crazy things. Candace at the beginning, like, talks about, like, oh, she sings about all the crazy things they do, including, like, making a roller coaster, starting, like, oh, gosh. The pyramid-related sports killed me. Oh, they do so many things. They bring up the roller coaster a lot. They go on all these adventures. They create all these things. And they have a pet platypus, Perry. I can't get over two of the main characters barely speak. Perry doesn't speak at all. And Ferb rarely speaks, but they you both both of their characters very well. Like I love yeah. Perry. I, I love I, Perry too. <laughs> I, in my wildest dreams, I'm hoping that like when I look the other way, my cats are somehow secret agents that are just running around <laughs> protecting everybody. See, I know my dog isn't because he never leaves me alone. <laughs> I feel like my gerbils might be because they're constantly looking like they're trying to plot an escape route. And I'm like, <laughs> are you trying to get to the hatch to get to like the agency so you can stop some evil doctor? Because I feel like that might be what they're doing. So I like that the kids actually, I don't know if they talk in the series or they work with Dr. Dujo. Oh gosh. Barely interact with Dr. Dujo Schwartz. Yeah, they might see him and they might like have a passing like conversation. But in this movie, they actually team up together to mm -hmm. go rescue and Vanessa, who they weren't abducted because they more like just like fell. I yeah, it's I felt like I wonder how hard these aliens were actually looking for. Are we going into the plot? Can I say Go more about the plot? Yeah, so basically, what they're trying the main alien, the queen leader of this other planet, is looking for is it I can't remember the now name of the element, but it's an element that will keep her her plant alive. That, that is helping her to control all of the other aliens on this planet. It sounded like radical, the element. It was radi radical. No, it, I, I can't remember. I'm going to look it up. They're probably um, a Phineas and Ferb wiki somewhere. But the <laughs> alien is played by Ali Wong. Yes. Which she was <laughs> awesome. I was like, why is that voice so familiar? And I had to look it up while I was watching. Yes, but anyway, so like the whole thing is Candace doesn't feel special because she never feels special because her brothers get all the attention and love, everything. And she, so they find, this alien finds her and says that she is the chosen one and because she, she's emanating this element. She feels great this whole time. Remarkalonium. Remarkalonium. Okay, Remarkalonium. I made me think remarkable, not radical. That's yes. what it was. <laughs> Remarkalonium. We were close. Yeah. <laughs> Started with the an first R. letter. And it, it's not really on us because it's not a real element. And so then they find out towards, I don't know, middle-ish end or whatever, that what that is actually just carbon dioxide. So I'm like, what? She didn't really, she wasn't really looking very hard. Or maybe she just found the first person on the planet that, and that she was like, oh, great, we found it. Like she was looking in other planets and never found it. But this was the first one that she found. And then she just assumed it was only her. I don't know. The science is flawed. <laughs> yeah. You got to think that the only way this, the big doctor, I think that's what they call her, like, let me find. I don't know. Big doctor or something. Who? The main character. Allie Wong's. The, yeah. Super, Allie Wong. super something. Sorry. We're so prepared. <laughs> I know. I just really this liked it. Cool, I wasn't dude. taking that many notes because I just had so much fun with it. It is super big doctor. There we go. Super big doctor. Yeah. I, 
you have to remember like the only way she took over a planet was because she had this plant that she calls mama that's named after her mother whose actually its name was mama and it's, it's because... named after her mother because her mother was also big green and controlling exactly yes <laughs> oh and the only way she can control them is because she had this mind control plant so i don't think she has like a lot of like big plans really no i don't just think. making awful sitcoms apparently yes the mailman and the clown, the clown or yeah the clown and the mailman, the mailman. <laughs> she doesn't think past that first step that's her problem she lacks perspective she just wants to live in her literally her own world something that's so great with all these Phineas and verb like the movie the tv shows everything like that is the songs the music yes i was like, just thinking i love the music in the show in this movie i was like humming candace's opening song until the next song kicked in then that yeah. one got stuck in my head i love doofenspert's jolting song <laughs> that that felt like a personal attack though <laughs> so, like that's not a verb like Doofenshmirtz, yeah. Like I, but that 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 went into this whole like tirade in my mind of is Doofenshmirtz supposed to be representing the mid- the millennial gen- generation, and if so, is that really how they see us? Like this terrible, like just hunched over, slightly sad. unhinged. I think yes, Gen I- X maybe <laughs> because he has a teenage daughter. Yes, by that's that time. That, see, I was going by that timeline too. As soon as you bring in adulting, that's when it starts feeling like that's very true too. <laughs> but he could but, be he's like one of those parents who's trying to stay in touch, but, but he's, he's like slightly out wrong of generation. Touch. He, yeah, yeah. He isn't quite there. <laughs> he said something, he's like, I'm older and bolder, got this ache in my shoulder. I keep my medical records in this millennial folder. And I'm like, that's so my dad. <laughs> I I cringe because i have a folder open there with my medical stuff in it why is this a bad thing why is it bad you're just prepared i know but he's like (laughs) he's like the dorky supervillain dad and i'm like i guess that's the character i relate to the most okay that's not you know what that's not bad necessarily you know what you're right in this day and age (laughs) the man owns an entire building he built he built a spaceship which he calls something else I don't remember Space but travel um, inator. it's always yeah. a something innator because it's brand and new. and his device was the thing that saved the entire world basically his without the chicken, chicken replacer nothing would have worked so he's that the hero a, of this story he's that the hero great, it's like I know great. Candace is in the title yeah. sorry Candace but Doofenshmirtz mm-hmm. is actually the hero of the story Candace I, used I so. the chicken replacement thing at the end it was her like yes incorrectly though first Yes, we all need help sometimes. <laughs> I like that the settings for the chicken replacement device were like the one that replaces the whatever's in front of you with the nearest chicken. The settings are nearest chicken, Beverly Hills adjacent, and then the furthest <laughs> chicken. And I don't know well, why, like, because he doesn't yeah, have to seem to leave the tri-state area. So I don't know why Beverly Hills was a concern, but. And what does that mean? Do you, ch- do you ch- like change places with a chicken in Beverly Hills or do you just change do you just transport to Beverly Hills or like what is this situation? Oh, that's true. There's no chicken in there. So are I the guess, chickens I guess, even involved? But I guess it's not Beverly Hills because they could have just used that then to escape the planet. That's true. I don't know. I have questions. I also, but I also love that obviously Dr. Doofenshmirtz and Perry the platypus are usually at, at each other's, like just fighting each other like they did at the beginning where Dr. Doofenshmirtz was like, finally, we were on the same level. And he literally has a Perry the Platypus like machine around him. <laughs> it's like you had to make it look like Perry to make you feel equal to him. I oh love it. God. 
but also they're but they're both they are both the heroes of this story because Perry also again he does this all the time but saves everybody and I loved his song the The one about him and he's just like and he's floating through space and doing it and like saving him from the asteroids He's like the unsung hero, except for now he has a song. I like that it cut away from it, and they're all making noise in the ship, and then it cuts back, and the song was playing like we hadn't left. Yeah, yeah the whole thing is Perry can't let Doofenshmirtz know that he is a pet for Phineas and Ferb, but he also can't let Phineas and Ferb know that he is a secret agent. So he's off on the side, just like saving the day. He's He is the unsung hero. As the song says. Except for now there's a song about it. Yeah. <laughs> Except nobody else can hear it because he's a secret agent. And I love that his boss is like, wow, you really were the worst <laughs> agent to have on this case. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Not like we know from the series there's a bunch of other animals out there as secret agents. Why didn't they call you one? I think this boss really just does not really care so much. He's just kind of like, as long as it's not, not interrupting a- my particular day to day. He's not a good boss. Yeah. He just not at all. I don't listen. I don't know if you all remember this. It got memed and put around the internet, but there's a bit in the show where the major, like Perry's boss, and Doofenshmirtz are locked up somewhere together and they get the intern to come save them. And Doofenshmirtz asks something about the intern's salary, and the major's like, oh no, he gets course credit. And Doofenshmirtz is like, you're a terrible employer, or something like that. So I'm just saying. Doofenshmirtz said living wage and the major is bad at his job. Again. Love- yeah. He's, maybe- He's the hero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Doofenshmirtz was willing to like go into space for his daughter. He's the best dad. We he stand really a good dad. We really mm-hmm. do. And he honestly does love his kid. He's mm-hmm. just a little distracted by like his evil doing. He's like, not that evil. We joke all the time about how supervillains wouldn't be supervillains if they had some therapy. I genuinely think if Doofenshmirtz had a bit of therapy, he'd be fine. Yeah, because everything he does stems from like an inferiority complex mm-hmm. or not being as good as his brother or how he wasn't loved as a child. Like it's all classic stuff that was just like once or twice a week in therapy and then just some kind of gainful inventing employment. And he'll be fine. He'll stop yeah. trying to take over the tri-state area. Everybody just needs to deal with their t- childhood trauma. I think the world the would be a little bit happier. I just love that it's a tri-state area. And that just seems to be like a major through line of everything. Like in the, that was when the alien ship was landing and they had the monument or whatever at the baseball game that was the hero of the tri-state area. And it was a little bit too scary of, of a commentary that the alien ship was crashing down on it. And they were like, everyone was just crying and sobbing, not because an alien ship is landing, but because they're crushing the monument. And they didn't even realize that it was an alien ship until someone just stood up and said, I think that's an alien ship. And they're like, oh, I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for this social commentary at this current moment. I did love that the founder was named last name Tri-State. Yes. So maybe it's not actually a Tri-State area. It's just that his name was Tri-State. What did you think of when... Phineas and the gang are heading back to Earth and they're going twice the speed of light speed. And yes, yes, <laughs> that was brilliant. That was brilliant. I wanted to bring that up too. Yes, the meta fictional, <laughs> meta fictionally fast. It okay. breaks them down to their core. But it says it like brings you back to like your most basic matter. So 
if you're thinking about it before it actually happens, you're thinking as like an actual human, like, oh no, what does that mean? And you're thinking of like actual like physical, like how that would happen to your body. Just like atoms and, and stuff. Huh? Exactly. And then it goes to them being in their like their 2D for or their gosh, what is that? What is that? that it's like format? a pencil like test. Pencil yeah. art and then storyboard yeah. and, and then it pulls all the way story. back yeah. to Dan and Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Pitching the movie. Like so, going to this. I hate meta humor, except when it's Phineas and Ferb. Because <laughs> it was really well done. It was yeah, really very well done. Very few shows, movies, whatever can pull off meta humor. Usually it's like, okay, I get it. Move on. But it's so ingrained in the fabric of this show. And it's so self-aware in such a charming way that I'm like, this is a natural extension of every kind of self-aware joke they've ever made throughout the series. Yeah. And they don't make them that often, too, that they're like overused. So that helps as well. And I really love that like one of Ferb's very few lines is, is well, we're never talking about this ever again. Yeah, no, that was great. And I think that there were a couple of things that worked really well in this that were great just because it caught you off guard because it was moving so quickly. Like that, like that one, it was like they did it and then you're like, wait, what would that entail? And then all of a sudden they just, it was just happening and it was hilarious and because it was unexpected. Like the other one, and again, this was this is probably something that a lot of people would have probably caught, did probably catch before it happened. But for some reason, again, it just happened so quickly. It got me. Was the nearest chicken thing when he was trying to go back to Earth, and they're like, "Wait, we're gonna do it!" And then all of a sudden, they switched with the chicken that was right next. <laughs> like that didn't occur to me at first because I was just like, "Oh my gosh, how are they gonna do this?" Like, and then they were talking about the chicken thing, and then that just happened. And because I was not really even thinking about it, the joke landed really well. Yeah, it's just so freaking good. I loved it. Ugh. It's a nice change for this show that we watch a movie that we're just unabashedly in love with. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like, no complaints at all. Here's a few little factoids. Most of the original cast reprised their roles, with the exception of Thomas Brody Sangster as Verb oh. due to scheduling conflicts. Instead, David Irogo jr who has a voice in milo's murphy's law same creator yeah same creators so yeah they kept him in the family and honestly i couldn't really tell because honestly farb doesn't have that many lines that his voice is very iconic even though like i'm familiar with thomas's work i couldn't tell i I, I had looked it up so i do (laughs) yeah yeah i love that his like the girl he has a crush on is the same is played by the same actress of his love interest in love actually which is so cute. Wait, is it? Oh, now yeah. you think it's cute. Now cute in that regards, cute. but I still hate love, actually. <laughs> All right, we now, can't go, now we can't go down that no, world. No, Please refer to our episode about love, actually, if you want to know what we're talking about. We're all actually agreeing on something. We all love this. <laughs> For the record, Candace called their relationship creepy in our love, actually episode. He wasn't I'm dealing with his grief in a healthy way. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so this is actually the most that Ferb has ever spoke before. Maybe Thomas just didn't want to do all these lines. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. He has 17 lines. This is the most. Yeah, the most he spoke. This beats a record. Phineas and Ferb, Summer Belongs to You with nine lines. And the Star Wars parody, I guess we could say, with 11 lines. There's potentially going to be a third film, which I say bring it on because... 
just more Phineas and Ferb. It's such a it's such a great show concept. Everything they call Candace Candy Cane, and sometimes my friends would call me Candy Cane during Christmas. So I was like hearts. Also, how do people with like very popular names not get like freaked out watching things that constantly have their names in it? Like, I don't get it. it. What do you mean by that? Like, it's just weird to hear your name constantly. I don't. I, I don't know. Like Vanessa, it should be more Arzus, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Vanessa kept like at one point was like Candace, and I'm like, I'm watching. I don't know. I, I there's a lot of Vanessas in in films and TV shows, but a lot of times they tend to be evil. So I don't. Yeah, when I was watching this, I thought of that. I was like, Vanessa's always complaining that yes. Vanessas are evil. Here's a good Vanessa. But I'm also, I think I'm also conditioned because one of my, one of my like very good friends is also named Vanessa. Whenever we go anywhere together, it's just a barrage of Vanessa and just like, huh? Okay, wait, never mind. So I just, I think I've gotten used to it. See, rarely there is a Candace in media. This time she's a narc. <laughs> yes, but okay. So that was your, that's when you're complaining, but this time she actually saves the day. Yeah, it's great. Candace is the hero of the story. Finally. Candace for all Candaces out there. And the whole thing did land on me that way too. I think it was Vanessa who said this actually to her, which was, what if you don't just keep trying to bust them? Like what happens then? And that whole tirade and speech, I was like, yeah, that was my, that was, that's been my thought from the beginning. I'm like, it's not like they're harming her in any way. They're just doing their thing. And she just is, is pissed because maybe she just doesn't get away with the same stuff. She's also jealous, we find out, that, like, mm-hmm. they get all the attention while she never does. I'll go to Rotten Tomatoes now. I didn't really gather reviews because guess what? They're positive. <laughs> Can you guess what the critic score for this is? There's 19 critic scores. Okay. Vanessa? 86%. 100%. Oh, my God. Whoa. Have we ever seen a 100% one? Not with one that is, like, credited reviews the critics loved it wow wow richard crow says the same thing the movie is definitely aimed at kids but it doesn't talk down to its audience it's smart it's funny there's even stuff in there that parents will enjoy and yeah everyone just like says it's fun and it has all the charm of the original series which is great all true okay what do you think the audience score is 90 percent 95 percent it's 86%, which I'm oh, surprised about. What? Which I got. Oh, man. I should have flipped that. <laughs> People don't know what they want. Yeah. Somebody said, I've never seen the show before. The storyline is way too awful. And most of the voices sound like chipmunks. Well, if you won, one, you haven't seen the show before, then how are you going to try and like, actually crit- critique this movie? Two. Yeah. Two. The, like, I feel like all of, they're, they're high-pitched because they're kids. Like, they're yeah. kids. That's just somebody wants something to complain about. Yeah. I don't understand why you would watch it if you haven't seen the show. Or if you're not doing a podcast about it. Yeah. (laughs) Because, again, I haven't seen a lot of the show, but I've at least seen some of it. Like, I know the gist. Yeah, like the characters and everything. And even with that, again, like I said, it was still enjoyable just because it's like, I don't think, I don't know why you're like, were they they going in expecting something Oscar worthy or what? I have no idea. It was just, it was a lot of fun overall. Agreed. It made me cry. As a big sister with a younger brother, I got very emotional when they gave her the best sister mug. And then she pressed a button and it was like all of these things that drove her nuts. But they're like, but you were there and we loved having you there. And I just started crying. (laughs) But yeah. 
Oh, I was yeah. just when, moved. It wasn't like sad, but yeah. When Arzy texted me that I had just started the movie, it's like, oh no, I'm already like on the edge of an emotional breakdown. Is this I mean, is Phineas and Ferb gonna be the thing that sends me over? <laughs> I have said before, and it's still true that I usually only cry when I'm angry. So me telling Candace this made me cry. I don't know what kind of setup that gave her. Oh yeah, scared <laughs> I was me. Moved. I was very scared. But yeah, no, just it was sweet and it was great. The animation was gorgeous. Songs were great. I just, I can't. I'm like, this must be the most boring podcast. We're just like, we love it. But people need to know. And I feel like it's like apt that one of the last home videos that we have to cover is the Phineas and Verbs because we like originally started, I think it was like our third episode, Phineas and Verb into the second dimension. So we're coming full circle. We got one more after that, and it's Brother Bear. <laughs> oh, man. I haven't seen the uh, first Brother Bear. Wait, what? You didn't? No, I have no interest in hearing Walking Phoenix's voice as an indigenous man. No, I remember <laughs> Alex made me watch Brother Bear because I had never seen it, and apparently he was like, it's underrated. So I watched it. I remember it being fine i think i ended up probably crying and that's the reason that i don't want to watch it again is because or that i know brother bear too but i was just like i don't really need this sadness in my life unless there's like yeah. something like there's something equally like amazing and it wasn't yeah. like it was bad but it's just one of those things where it's like i need that feeling of like happiness slash nostalgia slash i don't know maybe songs or something i don't know yeah anyway. but yeah but after we do brother bear in two weeks, we are going to a new format. Vanessa is going to be in charge, and she is going to be covering all the Disney Channel original movies. So the excited! Decom. So excited! Vanessa, get ready for the- yeah, get ready for an exciting, nostalgic romp through the nineties, basically. <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna watch. The recent stuff, like there's a zombie three. I don't even know what the first two zombies were about, but apparently they're musicals. We need more musicals in our lives. Let's just hope that they're the right ones. Yeah. <laughs> and I found out that Arzu is not very familiar with Xenon trilogy. Are I you kidding me? I, I know the name. I know that it is a decom, and that's where my knowledge ends. So we're gonna have some fun. Oh, with- you have to watch. Okay, so you have to watch that one and be on that episode then. so yeah we'll be covering everything from (laughs) xenon to smart house to jami tsunami to descendants high school musical all the fun stuff and the potentially and the potentially unfun stuff yeah there's some ones that i didn't even know existed and i was like a child at that time and i'm shocked yeah so we'll see how those turn out but yeah (laughs) there's some that i feel like disney was like we're just going to put them under the rug. We're not going to show them over and over again like they did Smart House. Like, I feel like Smart House was played over and over again when I was a small child. Like, Yeah, so was Xenon, but yeah, everyone, we loved Xenon. Yeah. But yeah, and so we'll be covering that. I think we'll talk about, like, maybe, like, where some of these DCOM actors went if they're, like, older movies. Or even, like, some of the more recent ones. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, what are we doing now? Some of them are starring in Baz Luhrmann, like, movies. As Elvis, Austin Butler. He was a DCOM star back in the day. But, yeah, we'll be covering that. So make sure you're still subscribed. Or if you're not, 
subscribe away. Overall, I think we're all would suggest Vinny's and Burb, right? Correct. Please follow us at geeky underscore waffle on Twitter. The Geeky Waffle everywhere else. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube because we're doing some fun stuff there. Arzu, Vanessa, thank you for spending the summer day talking about some of the greatest days of summer. It was nice to talk about a movie we actually enjoyed. Yeah. We're just Mm -hmm. like, we love it. So we hope you all have a happily ever after until the sequel where your sister gets kidnapped by aliens maybe. And you have to use a chicken replacer to save the day. And your platypus is a secret agent. (laughs) 